Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's crazy. On a Tuesday. It's all even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts available. What a lovely Tuesday it is. Lots to get into. NFL, we had the NFC least. Somebody has won that division. We're going to go ahead and talk about that. We're going to talk about Dougie P and what the hell is going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. Playoff picture, we have the playoff schedule. We know exactly who's playing who. The Jets coaching carousel has begun. I'm going to talk about the top three candidates that I've seen so far. And the Knicks. The Knicks are actually watchable. And we're going to talk about the Nets as well to see what's going on with them. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. The battle for the NFC least was on the line on Sunday. We had all four teams going at it. But the Cowboys, Washington football team, and the New York Giants were the ones vying for the division. If the Cowboys would have beat the Giants and vice versa, they would need the Eagles to beat the Washington football team to claim the division. If Washington were to win the division, they would just have to win outright. So that was a scenario. So we're going to go ahead and talk about the first game between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Giants win this game 23 to 19. It was an awful game for Andy Dalton, in my opinion. He went 29 for 47, 243 yards, an interception, uh, QBR 42.8. You know, the, the Cowboys just couldn't get anything going in the first half. Second half, they played a little better. The Giants didn't really play that great in the second half, but they did just enough to win the game. Daniel Jones, 229 yards passing, two touchdowns, an interception, had a good passer rating of 106. QBR wasn't so good. Wayne Gallman had a good game on the ground, 65 yards. Sterling Shepard had a rushing touchdown. He also had eight catches for 112 yards and a receiving touchdown. Pettis had a big catch over the middle for a touchdown. So there was a lot of good things that the Giants did do. But you have to look at the Dallas Cowboys as blowing this game. Mike McCarthy had a big chance to be able to put his stamp on this on this season. That Dante Pettis catch was not a catch. Had he challenged that, he would have been able to put his team in a better position to win the game. It didn't happen. And also, you got to talk about where was Zeke. Zeke Elliott was nowhere to be found again. Anytime that there's a big game for the Cowboys, Zeke is nowhere to be found. He had took himself out the game. 
he's tired, he told about he had a calf injury or a quad injury. It's always something with this guy. This is why I'm saying that the Cowboys need to reevaluate their roster, and it starts with him. If he doesn't agree to restructure that deal, it's time to move on from Zeke because we've seen too many of these performances from a guy that's the highest paid running back in all of football, and you can't, you can't rely on him. So what's the point? What is the point? Amari Cooper, another no-show game as well in a big game. So there's a lot of things that went wrong with this team. Mike McCarthy has a lot of soul-searching to do. There's a lot of things that he has to do better for the Cowboys to be a better team next year. You know, Dak Prescott's going to be back, I'm sure. But there's a lot of holes to fill. There's a lot of concern going forward with this roster. And this coaching staff is actually one of them. So they got to get their act together as well. For the Giants, it was an up-and-down season. Joe Judge has proved that he can definitely be a head coach in this league. So the sky's the limit for the Giants. I want to see exactly what they do going forward. If they're going to retain Daniel Jones, are they going to draft the quarterback? Or are they going to you know, improve that offensive line, try to get some more weapons on the outside? So we'll see what they do. But I like, I like what they have with Joe Judge. I think he's proven that he can definitely coach. So the Giants did their part. They're just going to need the Eagles to win their game. So moving on to the next game between the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Washington wins 20-14 to in a strange game. Really didn't make any sense to me, but that's what happened. Alex Smith, 162 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Gibson has 75 yards on the ground. The offense wasn't great. The defense showed up, though. But the biggest thing was the Eagles. The Eagles were the biggest question mark. Jalen Hurts was awful. 7 for 20, an interception, passer rating of 25, QBR 44 and a half. He's just awful. So what did Dougie P do? He benched Jalen Hurts and put in Nate Sudfield, who didn't do much better either. 5 for 12, 32 yards, an interception, was sacked two times, hurried a bunch. Washington has a great front seven. Everybody knows that. But Jalen Hurts proved that he needs so much work throwing the football. There's a lot of issues that this guy has. You saw players on the sideline. They were upset that Jalen Hurts was out of the game. Jason Kelsey, after the game, he says something about winning takes precedence over evaluation. It's about winning football games in the NFL. It's not about tanking. It's not about you know, trying to get a higher draft pick or what it is. It's about winning. And when you got guys like that in the locker room that feel that way, you're going to have a lot of issues if you're Doug Peterson. The Eagles right now are in free fall. Because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of players on this team that won't be here next year due to the fact that Doug Peterson is coming back. I don't think Jason Kelsey's coming back. I don't think Zach Ertz is coming back. I don't think there's a lot of guys coming back. A lot of these veteran players are not going to want to play for a Doug Peterson next season. So with the organization deciding to retain Doug Peterson, you already know that they're going to have to get rid of all of these guys. They're going to have to wipe the roster clean of all of these veterans, start with some young players, and just go with that. You chose to turn the team over to Jalen Hurts because you thought he had a better chance to, to win a game or you needed to evaluate the, the quarterbacks on the roster. Nate Suffield, who's been around for years, 27-year-old journeyman. You got to evaluate him. Then the Eagles GM, Howie Roseman, came out and said that he can't see life without Carson Wentz. You decided to go to Jalen Hurts. Do you actually think that Carson Wentz would want to play for this team going forward? 
that's that would be a shock to me. However, however, reports came out today that said that Carson Wentz may want to stay here. He wants to patch things up. If they can do that, great. But if I'm Carson Wentz, why would I want that? There's so many better situations out there for a Carson Wentz. The Colts, the Bears, the Jets, the Patriots. There's so many other teams. So why would you want to waste your years here when Doug Peterson is just the guy that throws caution to the wind? He's fearless. Didn't he write a book? It's called Fearless. Oh, yeah, he was definitely fearless on Sunday, and now his players hate him for it. So there's a lot of repairing that needs to be done in Philadelphia. For the Washington football team, they are one of the interesting stories this year. They were supposed to be a terrible football team. Alex Smith then came back. It was a great feel-good story. That front seven just matured and They started to become one of the best front sevens in all of football, and they won a bad division. Somebody had to win a division, so you can't look at Washington and say, oh, they're a terrible team. They had a rough year, but so did everybody else in the NFC East, and they won the division. So kudos to them. Hats off to the Washington football team. Dan Snyder is one of the worst owners in football. He doesn't deserve to have a hardworking team like this. And Ron Rivera is one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. He's a great coach, and he got these guys prepared. He had them ready to play, ready to play. So they're going to be hosting a playoff game, and that segues us into the playoff matchups on Saturday and Sunday. So Washington is going to go against Tampa Bay. That is an interesting game. Uh, Who do I have winning that game? I got Tampa Bay winning the game, but I have them winning it very, very closely. I got them winning 23-20. to I think... The Washington football team's front seven is going to get to Tom Brady. It's going to frustrate him. It's going to put him on the floor. And the way to beat Tom Brady is to make sure that you get to him. If you can be able to apply pressure, he can't move. He's a statue. He runs in quicksand. He's an old man. He's 43 years old. So if you can be able to frustrate him and get to him, you have a good chance of winning that game. Offensively, that's where I think that Washington struggles, and that's where I don't think that they're going to be able to win the game But they're going to make this game very, very interesting. And it's a home game. So, you know, Tampa has to fly. They have to come here. They got to go to Washington. So, you know, there's a lot of things in Washington's advantage. But I still think that Tampa Bay pulls it out. Next matchup I have is going to be between the Colts and the Bills. Bills are the best team in the AFC. I have the Bills winning this game and winning it big. Give me a score of 35 to 20. I think that Josh Allen has a great game. There's no way you can be able to guard Stephon Diggs. He's going to be able to have his way with that secondary, although that secondary for the Colts is very good. The Bills are just a great team. Like I said, the holy trinity of football. Good owner, good coach, good quarterback. They have it all working. Everybody's in sync. The Bills are the most dangerous team in the NFL right now. Next game after this is going to be the Seattle Seahawks and Los Angeles Rams. Seahawks will win this game. I don't think that golf is going to play. I think that they're going to have to go to the backup, which is going to be a disaster for them. Uh, The only thing that's going to probably save the Rams from getting completely blown out is that pass rush. They're going to be able to get to Russell Wilson. They're going to be able to frustrate him. But I think the big plays, he's going to be able to make some big plays and win this game. So I had the Seahawks winning the game, but barely 25 to 20, and they move on. Next game after this is going to be Baltimore and Tennessee. 
I have the Titans winning this game 30-20. to I believe that Derrick Henry is the best running back in football. He's going to be able to pound the ball, beat them into submission, and they're going to be able to take away Lamar Jackson's passing lanes, running lanes, and then really, really shut down that offense. In my opinion, I think it's, it's time for Lamar Jackson to really step up and show that he can be an NFL quarterback and not just run all over the place. I want to see what he does through the air. I want to see him rise to the occasion and prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. But he hasn't proved me wrong yet. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, I had the Titans winning this game. Next game after this is going to be the Bears and New Orleans Saints. I had the Saints winning this game and winning it big, 37-17. to Bears are not going to be able to have any offense going. They have a great defense, but that offense is just dreadful. They have a decent running game. David Montgomery has looked very, very good over the last six or seven weeks, but it's not going to matter. The Saints are going to roll over them. They're going to advance. Next game after this is going to be the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have Pittsburgh winning this game. Yeah, everybody's down on Pittsburgh. I'm not. I have Pittsburgh winning. They're going to win ugly. 21-17 Pittsburgh advances. I just believe that they are prime. They are suited for the playoffs. They're suited for that, that cold air that, that maybe there's going to be some snow, some, some slush. Who the hell knows? But they are ready and prime for this playoff run. And maybe this is the only team that will give the Bills a fit in the playoffs. That, that's just my opinion. Chiefs are good, but I think the Bills are better than the Chiefs. And I think that the Steelers can definitely beat the Bills. Will they? I don't know. But the Steelers are my dark horse pick to get to the Super Bowl. There's just something about them, man. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But there's something about this team that makes me say, yeah, yeah, they got it. <laughs> they got it. Like, I don't know. Call me crazy. We'll see. After the break, we talk Jets. Head coaching carousel. Who's who's the top candidates? Who do I think the Jets should get? Who do I think should be the next head coach? On a Tuesday, it's all even. I've had so many people tell me that Anchor is great. Anchor is this. Anchor is that. But I have to tell you, man. Those people were right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why wait? Get at it now. Welcome back, y'all. The New York Jets finally kicked Adam Gates to the curb. Jets fans all across the world, they're rejoicing. They're celebrating. They're high-fiving. Everybody's happy right now. And this is a very important time for the Jets because now it's time to pick a new head coach. And they got to take their time with this. They got to make sure that they get the right guy for the job. You don't want the same thing to happen that happened with Adam Gase. Adam Gase should have never got hired here. He was a complete disaster. He was a disaster with Miami. He was a disaster here. So it's no shock. But I'm going to bring something to your attention. Todd Bowles, who's a pretty decent defensive coach, but he was a very mild-mannered coach. 
You see a trend here? Adam Gase, boring. You know, I guess you want to call him even-tempered, whatever it is. Mild-mannered, dull, awful coach, Jets stink. Todd Bowles, mild-mannered, dull. They had a 10-6 and six season, but they stunk too. But Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan, when he came in here, he brought his bravado, he brought his big mouth. Everybody loved it. And the Jets organization fed off of that. They fed off of that. They got to two AFC title games, and then, listen, everything else just, you know, the wheels fell off the bus. But Rex Ryan, on a whole, to me, was a successful head coach with the New York Jets. Did things work out the way we thought it would? No. But it started off pretty damn good. So I bring this up to say that it's time for the Jets organization to take a leap of faith and get a guy that's boisterous. Get a guy that has some moxie, that has some confidence, that will instill some ego and arrogance to this football team. That's what they need, some grit, some grind, some attitude. Eric Bieniemy, I like Eric Bieniemy. I think he's a great offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I think that he'd be a fascinating head coach for the Jets. I think he has the pedigree. He has the demeanor. He has. He reminds me a little bit of Mike Tomlin. That, that's just my opinion. I, I like guys that have that, that confidence about them. Eric Bieniemy can be able to be exactly what the Jets need. He's definitely an offensive guru. He can be able to get Sam Darnold where he needs to be. They can be able to put some weapons around this quarterback, this young guy, and get the ball rolling. Next guy on my list is Brian Dable, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. I think Brian Dable has that that New York appeal that you need. Like, he's humble, but you can tell that he's a bulldog. He's not flashy. You know, he wears his sweatshirts, his sweatsuits, and all that. He's cut from that Bill Belichick cloth, that same type of Attention to detail, hardworking, no-nonsense, accountability. That's the type of guy that the Jets need. A coach that's going to get up in his player's face. He's going to hold them accountable. He's going to hold himself accountable. And he's going to make sure that he brings that hard work every day. That's Brian Dable. But the dark horse, the dark horse pick, the one that everybody's kind of like whispering about that's like the elephant in the room, It's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh right now has an offer from the University of Michigan to stay. They've, you know, they've offered him an extension, but he's had a awful, awful tenure with the Michigan Wolverines. The fans are not happy with him, but the administration does not want to lose a Jim Harbaugh. You know why? Because if they let Jim Harbaugh go somewhere else, they know that he can be able to turn that around and turn that around quickly. And rumor has it that he's kind of hesitant on signing this extension. Why? Because he has his eyes on some other jobs. And rumor has it that he has his eyes on the New York Jets job. So here's the thing about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was very successful with the San Francisco 49ers, but management couldn't stand Jim Harbaugh. He is boisterous. He says what he wants. He does what he wants. And he's not... He's not scared of any type of, you know, ramifications or any consequence that happens. If he's the football coach, let him be the football coach. That's the way he feels. That's the way he thinks. That's the kind of school that he comes from. If you hire me, let me do my job and don't micromanage me. I like that. 
Now, if Joe Douglas and Jim Harbaugh can find a way to coexist and develop a bond, develop a chemistry, it can work. If they don't develop that bond, then dealing with a Jim Harbaugh when things are bad is not going to be good. So this is the drawbacks is that he can help whatever quarterback you have currently. If you're going to keep Sam Darnold, if you're going to draft Justin Fields or whoever, whoever the quarterback is, Jim Harbaugh will make that quarterback better. That's what he does. So you don't have to worry about the quarterback position from that standpoint. He will get them better. The thing is with Harbaugh is that you have to make him just be him. Don't micromanage. Don't control him. And for a long time, the New York Jets have tried to do that with certain guys. Just let him be him. It could be absolutely magical to have a Jim Harbaugh with the Jets. So all three of these head coaches, I feel, have to absolutely be at the top of the list for the Jets. Absolutely. Now, granted, there's going to be other coaches that pop up, other college coaches or some internal hires or whatever. But those are the three guys that I feel that can actually make a difference with this organization. Another guy that I have, though, that's a little on the outside, but he was a former Jet, Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn is a good coach. I personally don't feel that he should have been fired for the Los Angeles Chargers. He deserves another shot because they had a whole bunch of injuries. They had a ton of things go bad. You know, that defense just continued to give up games and blow leads. That's not Anthony Lynn's fault. So I feel that Anthony Lynn can definitely be another coaching option for the Jets if they decide to want to give him a look. But they can't rush through this. They have to take their time. They got to make sure that they interview these guys, bring them in for a second and third interview. Make sure that you got exactly what you wanted out of these interviews. Make sure that every question that you have, every concern that they answer. Because if you don't, you're going to have another Adam Gase situation. And you don't want that. You want to have a good coach. It's about time the Jets do things the right way. Not the quick way. Not the easy way. The right way. Coming up after the break, some NBA news. On a Tuesday. It's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money. Representing that Flip the Script podcast. Well, listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. The New York Knicks are actually watchable. They have... They have surprised me because going into the season, you know, you have Tom Thibodeau, the old hard-nosed, knows-how-to-do-it-one-way coach that pretty much failed in Minnesota. I'm not going to say that it was successful. Jimmy Butler was there. Yes, they made the playoffs. But after that, they, they were a very average team, below average team. So I will call his tenure in Minnesota a failure. He's coming here now, and I I wasn't really enthused about it because I've seen a lot of Tom Thibodeau. I've seen enough of Homer Simpson to be able to say, eh, I'm good. Had the young players, R.J. Barrett, had a very up-and-down rookie season. 
Kevin Knox, with all the potential in the world, was just blowing in the wind before this season. Julius Randle, the turnover erratic machine that he was. You know, Nick fans were fed up with him. Every Nick fan that I used to talk to, oh my goodness, Julius Randle, we, we got to get rid of him. Everybody. But this year, to start the season, it's seven games. But through seven games, the Knicks are four and three. The Knicks have beat the Hawks. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Pacers. They have beat some really good teams this year. And the best player on this team consistently has been Julius Randle. Julius Randle is under control. He's playing well. He's facilitating. He's rebounding. He's never been a great defender, but he's trying. R.J. Barrett wasn't selected for any rookie team last year. He has looked very, very good to start the season. Rookie Emmanuel Quigley, he's looking good. Mitchell Robinson doing what he got to do. The coaching staff has been very, very good teaching these young guys, getting them prepared, having them ready to play a basketball game. The Knicks look ready to play night in and night out. That was not something that you can say last year. So kudos to them. Kudos to them for actually shocking me and being a team that you can actually Turn the TV on and say, you know what, let me sit down and watch the Knicks. Can this continue, though? Yeah, it can. If they continue to play like this, if they continue to grow as young players and trust each other, trust the system, it can definitely continue. Will it continue? Eh, I'm going to say no. And the reason why I'm going to say no, it's not out of hate. It's more out of it's they need more time. They need more seasoning. And the example that I would use is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, young team last year, but they were a mess. They got to learn how to lose before you win. And what they do in the offseason, they got some veteran help. That's what you need. Veterans are going to give you that experience to be able to make a playoff push. The Knicks don't have that yet. So they have to go through phase one. Phase one is getting these young guys some 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 minutes, some experience. If they make the playoffs, cool. If they don't, whatever. Phase two is going to be adding some veteran help, adding some real bench help, some veteran leadership, some toughness to be able to propel you to the playoffs. And when you consistently do that, then your young guys will learn Guys like R.J. Barrett will then continue to ascend. Manuel Quigley, Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox. All of these guys will be able to continue to improve and get better. That's the goal. It's no rush here. So through, through seven games, everybody's happy. Everybody's excited. You got Nick fans. I told you. I told you the Knicks are going to be good. All the newspapers. Oh, the, Knicks are, the Knicks are back. All of this nonsense. No. Just be patient. Just be patient. There's no reason to be able to rush the process. Yes, they're playing good through seven games, but let's see what the next 30 games tells us. If the Knicks can be able to go 500 within the next 30 games, then hey, you got something. You really got something. So let's just continue to build, continue to watch how they develop, 
and just enjoy the ride because if they continue on this trajectory, they will then change the opinion of a lot of young stars that are looking for other places to play basketball. And maybe, just maybe, the Knicks can be a destination for guys to go. Instead of guys going to Brooklyn, instead of guys going here or there, they're going to say, I want to be a New York Knick. A big-time player has not said that since Carmelo Anthony. I want to be here. That's the next evolution for this organization, for this new regime. Leon Rose, Worldwide West, Homer Simpson, Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> they have something good going. They have to continue. So kudos to the Knicks. If we're going to keep it within New York, let's go to the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets started off fast. They're now 3-4. and four. Everybody should expect the Nets to continue to have to try to figure it out. Like I said, Spencer Dinwiddie was a big loss. You cannot replace a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie with just anybody off the bench or anybody off the street. Spencer Dinwiddie's 20-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, 6 assists. Kyrie Irving and KD, they're playing well, scoring a lot of points. But here's the problem with the Nets, defensively. The Nets are giving up a ton of points defensively. They can't really stop anybody. They're scoring a lot. They're always going to score a lot. But they're giving up a ton of points. Now, early in the season, they were dominant defensively. They were stopping guys at the rim, blocking shots, stealing, you know, stopping the three. But they're not doing that so much right now. Why? I, I have a, an explanation. You have Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash coaching your team. That's why. You have three coaches on this team that don't know how to play defense. They've never played defense a day of their life. Amari Stoudemire, Mike D'Antoni, Steve Nash. They don't know what it is to play defense. So you're, you're trying to tell me that those guys are going to be able to tell the team to stick to defense, to follow your defensive principles? What defensive principles? You ain't, you ain't got none. Mike D'Antoni's probably the worst defensive coach of all time. There was a story way back in the day Jim Jackson had told where he just got on the Suns and he turned the ball over and the guy got the steal, you know, went, tried to get the layup. Jim Jackson tried to contest the shot. He fouled the guy. Mike D'Antoni pulled him to the side and said, we don't do that here. You let him score because you're ruining the, the tempo and the flow of the game. Jim Jackson was shook. He was shocked. What, what, are, you, what? what are you telling me? So the fact that I'm trying to hustle back and stop this guy from scoring, you're trying to tell me that I'm ruining the game. I'm ruining the flow of the game, flow of the offense. That's the Mike D'Antoni that's coaching this Brooklyn Nets team, assistant coaching. What are you going to tell him? Yeah, well, you know, you, you got to lock in defensively. If I'm, a co- if I'm a player, I'm looking at you like, what? Do, what? Don't tell me about defense, bro. Amari Stoudemire. I've never seen Amari Stoudemire stop anybody in his NBA career. I never see him stop nobody. And you know as a head coach or assistant coach, he's just going to sit there and be like, well, yeah, you just got to, you know, follow what the coach says, follow what Steve says. Steve looking at him like, well, you're supposed to be doing your job. Nobody knows how to coach defense on this team. Maybe the only one that has a lick of defensive ability and prowess is Jock Vaughn. That's it. Jock Vaughn. Now we go to Steve Nash. Steve Nash thinks he's 
Phil Jackson. He's sitting there, doesn't call timeouts when the other team goes on big runs. Oh, the players will figure it out. The players need coaching, Steve. That's what they brought you in for. Or maybe, maybe not. Kyrie did say that anybody can be the head coach, and it shows because there's no defensive principles. Offense is great because you have a whole bunch of offensive minds, you know, thinking the same way. But who can stop the ball? Who can stop somebody from scoring? That's what's going to stop the Nets from being really, really good. And not even being really, really good, but getting to the NBA Finals. You have to play defense. We've seen what these Houston Rockets teams over the last few years look like. And guess who was coaching those teams? The guy that's sitting on your bench. So you have big problems, Brooklyn. Make sure you try to iron those out. Try to figure that out. But Steve Nash needs to do a little bit more coaching. I want to see a little bit more X and O's. I want to see a little bit more getting into the players' you know, face and, and try to get them to, to, to really execute on both ends of the floor. Not just sitting there with your arms folded or standing there while the other team goes on a 15-2 run and you don't call a timeout. This is not Chicago. This is not the Lakers. This is not one of those teams. You cannot allow this to happen. They have not earned that type of respect yet. You can't do that right now. You have to coach a different way. And if you continue to coach this way, Steve Nash, your team is going to be going home very early in those playoffs. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday. It's all even. This is the God Gents and Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast best sports podcast out there keep up the amazing work also check us out at cigargentsandgals.com where everyday apparel for cigar smokers let's get it what's going on what's up with you it's your boy the candy man the alfre to the d it's your boy alfred from the rap lab podcast and it's the one and only true g just call me the qg from the rap lab podcast and you tuned in to all even with barry grant boy that shit crazy Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. Who's the first candidate of the week? May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is Doug Peterson, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Peterson is my candidate for because Doug Peterson thinks that he's a genius. See, what happens is that when one thing pans out in your favor, you think that that thing can be able to happen all the time. So the fact that Nick Foles was able to pick up the scraps after Carson Wentz tore his ACL and then you guys went on to win the Super Bowl, you... You thought that you can be able to put Jalen Hurts, a guy that couldn't hit an ice cream truck if it was sitting right in front of him. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, the guy that can't throw the ball deep. Jalen Hurts, the guy that's a better running back than quarterback. You thought that you were going to be able to win with that guy over Carson Wentz. Okay, and if it didn't get any worse than that, you decided to say, all right, well, 
You know, this Jalen Hurts guy is not working out. Let me go to Nate Sutfield. <laughs> Nate Sutfield, 27-year-old Nate Sutfield, four-year journeyman quarterback. Nobody thinks very highly of him. He's not very good. But guess what he has in common with Nick Foles? He's 6'6". So you said, oh, man, I may have the next Nick Foles on my team. Wrong. Wrong. You've made nothing but bad decisions all year long. Your players wanted to kill you on the sidelines yesterday. You got players talking out, speaking out. Jason Kelsey's done with you. What, do you, what was going through your mind? You had to look at Carson Wentz and say, Maybe does Carson want to play? And Carson looked at you. If you if you even say my name, I'm slapping you. <laughs> Don't even look my way. Don't even look my way. Just bad decisions all around. It's probably what you do to your kids too. I'm sure you probably took your sons and your daughters to get their haircuts or whatever it was, and you botched that up. Took them to one of the worst barbers or hairstyles out there. This is this is just what you do. You're just a guy who thinks that they know it all. For somebody to write a book called Fearless after they won a Super Bowl shows you the the moxie of this man. He thinks that everything he does just turns to gold, when in reality, it actually turns to shit. (laughs) As as inaccurate as Jalen Hurts might be, he must have kept hitting you with that dummy football in your head (laughs) all season long to make you think that Jalen Hurts was a good idea to start over Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a good quarterback with a terrible team and a terrible offensive line. And you said that, oh, no, it's Carson's fault. It's Carson's fault while we're not winning. Really? Jalen Hurst said, hold my beer. <laughs> Nate Sutfield, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, man. And it's the Eagles. I don't feel sorry for them. Let them suffer. Let them sit here with Dougie P and try to figure it out because I'm telling you right now, He won that Super Bowl, which means that he has another four or five years to torment you guys. And the fact that you guys turned the franchise over to Jalen Hurts, you're looking at six or seven years of futility. Futility at the highest level. Why? Because Doug Peterson thinks he's fearless. (laughs) And instead of being fearless, why don't you just be a head coach? (laughs) Why don't you just make the right decision? I hope nobody ever asks you for, for directions because you'll take them on like the hardest trail to get to where they have to go because it's the quickest route. Not realizing that that person may end up hurting themselves tremendously for going this route. Oh, this is the best route. I trust me. Fearless. <laughs> Fear- you got to be fearless. Ah. So, Doug Peterson, you may be the biggest dummy on the planet right now for starting Nate Sutfield and also starting Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz, but you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.